Welcome to This Week in Water for May 4th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And here are some of the stories from this week's news. Four cities, including Denver, that depend on water from the Colorado River are paying millions of dollars into a fund that will help farmers and industrial users cut back on the amount of water they consume. The effort is called the Colorado River System Conservation Program. Denver Water and the agencies that provide water to people in Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Los Angeles are each paying $2 million into the fund, and the Federal Bureau of Reclamation is paying another $3 million. The money will be used for things such as conservation efforts to help farmers line their irrigation canals and use lasers to level their fields to reduce runoff. Power plants will also use some of the funds to retrofit their equipment to reduce the amount of cooling water they use. The combined efforts of the cities involved are significant, according to John Ensminger, head of the Southern Nevada Water Authority, because it signals cooperation along the entire length of the Colorado River. And the involvement of Denver water is important because it is in the upper basin of the Colorado River, unlike Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and Phoenix, which are all on the lower basin. The program is also significant, according to Albuquerque journalist John Fleck, because the water savings would not be allocated to any particular water use and instead would simply increase the overall amount of water in the river available for all users. Scientists have become increasingly outspoken about the impacts of carbon emissions on oceans. In particular, how increased greenhouse gases are potentially making our oceans more acidic. Now it appears they have proof. In a new study from NOAA and Oregon State University, scientists found that the Pacific Ocean has become acidic enough to dissolve sea snails' shells right off their backs. Studying the waters from Washington to Southern California, researchers found that 53% of tiny floating snails called pteropods had shells that were severely dissolving. Pteropods provide foods for pink salmon, mackerel, and herring, fish not only eaten by millions of people, but also a vital source of food for a variety of sea creatures from whales to dolphins to sea lions. One of the nation's top marine biologists, Steve Palumbi of Stanford University said pteropods are the canaries in the coal mine. If this is affecting them, it's affecting everything in the ocean at some level. Over the past 200 years, the ocean's acidity has risen by roughly 30%. At that rate, it's on track to rise 70% by 2050, enough to kill some marine species including oysters, clams, corals, or other species that have calcium carbonate shells. A story in The Guardian this week described how generating power from the constant movement of ocean waves is proving to be more difficult than developing wind or solar power. There currently are no commercial wave-powered operations, although there was one off the coast of Portugal about five years ago. The difficulties in generating wave-driven power are mixed, but one of the problems is that offshore facilities are more expensive than onshore generators such as windmills. The waves themselves are difficult to harness because they don't just pass by, but bob up and down and change directions. These problems have led to significant challenges in designing the method to capture wave movement to generate power. 
Funding of wave power research has been much less than solar and wind. But Jason Bush, who is executive director of Oregon Wave Energy Trust, told The Guardian that there will be substantial amounts of wave power connected to the grid by 2035. Does history repeat itself? Many debate this saying, but according to new research from Brigham Young University looking at tree rings, it does. And that might be some bad news for those of us living in the West. According to the research, some droughts in the past 500 years were much more severe than anything since the beginning of the 20th century. They found that Utah had extreme droughts, some that lasted 16 years. Using samples from both living and dead trees in the Weber River Basin, Professor Matthew Becker used nature's own record-keeping to see the bigger picture. He took sample cores from Douglas fir and pinyon pine trees because the thickness of annual growth rings for these species is especially sensitive to water supply. The result? The five previous centuries each saw more years of extreme drought and extreme wet conditions. Modern climate and stream flow records go back only about 100 years in this part of the country. So Becker's long-term method of looking at tree rings might be a better predictor of future patterns if, in fact, history does repeat. Public urination is such a big problem in Mumbai, India, that an activist group has decided to try to put an end to it. The group known as the Clean Indian has obtained a giant water tanker armed with water hoses. They call the truck the Pissing Tanker and drive around looking to catch those in the act. When they find one, they spray him with water cannons. The sight is quite funny for onlookers, but the need for a cleaner India is a serious problem. A YouTube video of the Pissing Tanker has gone viral. The group's motto is, Fighting Public Urination One Spray at a Time. And finally, want to brush your teeth with wastewater? Residents of Wichita Falls, the Texas town that hosts the hotter-than-hell 100-mile bike ride, each August say that's over the top. The Texas city is suffering its worst drought on record, so it's about to become the first place in the U.S. to treat its sewage and pump it directly back to residents. Officials say it's faster and cheaper than building reserves or drilling new wells, but residents, they might be hard to convince. Many say they'll buy bottled water and try not to think about what's flowing through their pipes when they shower. Pastor Bob McCartney, who's led prayer vigils for rain, called the idea, quote, a bit grotesque. He told Bloomberg News that he's all about loving his neighbor as himself, but he's just not loving the part about drinking from his toilet. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise, whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.